Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody, to Guys at a Mic Show. Thank you for joining us here. Beautiful Monday, fine city of Chicago after a big football weekend. Lots more than football, too. we got a couple of uh, baseball races that have tightened up a PGA championship right here in the city of Chicago. A women's PGA champion at the age of 16, an NASCAR race that got rained out. It's uh, going to be today at 11 o'clock. And uh, college football team switching conferences, a European basketball championship name, and WNBA playoffs as well. So football primary, but we got other stories to get to as well. Big Dog and a Coach at your service right up until 11 o'clock. And, of course, part of the experience that is the two guys at a mic show, the award-winning music of producer David Olson. I know the Emmy Awards were last night. We might even sneak in a little bit of talk about that. But David Olson and I fully expect the music of our show, choreographed and renegated by yourself. I fully expect the next radio award. What are the radio awards called? I don't even know what they're called. They're the Marconis. The Marconis? Yeah, the Marconis. I never heard of the Marconi Award. Maybe I should get more familiar. Well, I fully expect you to get a Joe Marconi Award. For those not familiar with Joe Marconi, great fullback, arguably one of the finest crew cuts in the history of Chicago Bear football. All right, let's welcome in right now my good friend, the big dog, Joel Redwanski. Big dog, how are you, buddy? I've definitely been better, Coach. Uh oh, it's a it's a bleak Monday. It's it's bitter Monday for me for the Chicago Bears yeah. losing. It was a good Saturday for you though. The other Navy and Orange came up with a big win. Your beloved University of Illinois looked, uh, if not great, they looked decent, just enough to win. Uh, yeah, I'll talk about them. And, and it, you know, uh, there's a lot of positives about Illinois, but it's, you know, it's kind of funny is the Bears negatives and the Illinois negatives, even though there's a win and a loss, uh, it goes almost exactly the same. Very poor offensive line play and an offensive line for Illinois that was supposed to be yes. extremely good this year. They did not play well at all uh, against Arizona State. I expect much improvement. But how about the horrible play calling? Illinois, which you know all, I love the power football coach. I love it. I love seeing people smash them in the mouth. And they go, they do this against Arizona State, but they're not getting anywhere. And they keep doing it over and over and over. It was driving me crazy. Nathan Shieldhouse had third and 11 every single time he did. It seemed mm-hmm. like, you know, they needed a big first down. And the Bears, why didn't they get the ball to Matt Forte more on the pass, coach? Don't you think they should have got that involved in the offense a little bit? Well, he did catch 10 passes. I was joking. Oh, okay. I could have they figure something out besides the only thing they had all day is Matt Forte legitimately. Yeah. Theoretically, if a team if a team blitzes and a team sends the house, uh, you know they might get some hits. But you're also supposed to make them pay for gambling. Last time I checked, uh, looking at review of the tapes, the Bears didn't cash in any payments on the New Orleans gambling defense. You, you, you know, Coach, when they start sending the boatload like they did. Yep. I know you don't like this, but legitimately, there's going to be a one-on-one situation. And what you have to do is take a chance, yep. one, two, three, plant your right foot, and hit, send a rocket out to where only one of your receivers mm-hmm. catches. Maybe you don't get a maybe you don't get a conversion, but you don't get your quarterback hit, and 
luckily, if you do get a conversion, man, you make a team pay with a huge play. You can't just sit there and dump it off to your running back every single time. Take a chance downfield. It was ridiculous. And you don't have to do a seven-step drop, sit there, pat the ball five times, and fling it 40 yards down the field in order to make a, to make a team pay. It was driving me crazy. Yeah. Either they tried to do a bomb, which they had no chance to get off, or they dumped it to Forte. Yep. That, that was some of our old complaints of the old Chicago Bears, the, the old medium-range passing game. The 15, 20, 25-yard passes were not there. In defense of a very uh, moribund Chicago Bear defense or offense, big dog, the two guys that you would probably do what you're talking to most, Earl Bennett and Roy Williams, were both injured and out of the game. Earl Bennett got injured early. Williams was not able to play. So that might have been part of it. And when Johnny Knox becomes your intermediate guy, you're in a lot of trouble because those intermediate routes mm-hmm. are the ones that you have to run absolutely precisely. Yep. And we all know, everybody knows Johnny Knox does not run precise routes. What was the stat last year where like 80% of all the interceptions that Jay Cutler threw that weren't tipped, all of those were because Johnny Knox ran the wrong route. Mm-hmm. And like he went like the wrong... And yesterday, this kid... Uh, Johnny Knox drives me crazy. I don't want to sit there and bash. I see. I have a certain. I still have a certain affinity to Johnny Knox because he reminds me of me in school, in English class, writing papers, where you know you had your research report and you had to do certain things. You know, eight paragraphs and indentions on each side and footnotes properly. You know, authors a last name first, capitalized comma, then first name. Make sure you have your opening statement, your closing, yada yada yada. And I always, I thought, I I actually thought I was a pretty good writer. But I would create and not particularly like to be bound by those rules. Johnny Knox is my kind of guy because that's the type of receiver he is. So I have a little little affinity for Jay Knox. Yeah, and so he gets the grade as a D, as a guy that, yeah, he thinks he's great, but he's not. Well, now I even have more affinity because that's pretty much the same grades I got. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's it's frustrating. And, you you know, yesterday... You know, it's one of those days where I had two tours scheduled. Yep. And I, you know, and I want to make money. I need to make money. There's no question about that, just like uh, all of us do. And but, you know, sitting there, I'm like, it started raining. I'm like, I'm not taking a chance, Donnie. I, I don't like the looks of what the <laughs> weather looks like today. And uh, we made the right decision yeah. to back uh, off. But it's funny, you know, like on August uh, uh, Sunday, you know, I'd be like, no, we're going to sit here and wait to make sure that, <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny. All of a sudden, the Bears are playing. Yeah. There's football all day long now, Donnie. Let's call it. At 10 o'clock, we called it. It's done for the whole day. All the tours today, done. And Play it safe. <laughs> Play it safe. We don't want to take a chance. No, done. Yeah. So you, so you passed up some opportunities there, although it turned out probably wasn't because the weather was pretty crappy in Chicago yeah. yesterday. But uh, you turn on Bears and Saints like you, like me, like a lot of others, looking forward to a heck of a ball game. And not that it was, it was boring, but it was frustrating and i got frustrated just like you because the bears went back to dink and dunk on offense and they could not find a way to get it down for we in chicago were all criticizing the atlanta falcons last week oh terrible offense conservative afraid to take chances down the field it was the same thing atlanta looked like that was the bears this week we refused to even throw the ball down the field yeah and and quite simply if you're not throwing it down the field because you can't protect jay cutler quit sending five people out on route then you know, it, it, it's funny, it's Cam Newton, who's a rookie, doesn't know what the heck he's doing. I know that he's 0-2, so let's not act like he's uh, you know, like setting the world on fire yet. But he is statistically, he's talking about 850 yards in two games, and all they do is protect him. They, they 
two or three people go out on routes <laughs> for the Panthers. They make sure everybody is blocked up. Maybe the Bears need to mm-hmm. borrow some philosophy because what they're doing is not working. Now, last week we, we liked the offense up until I, I liked it all the way up until the middle of the third quarter, and then they started getting screwy again. But last week they were, they were calling plays all over the field, all over the field, and they ran a lot, and all of a sudden the Falcons couldn't pass rush. So uh, quite simply, uh, another thing, the Saints defensive line played great in this game, and, and the, the, the defensive line that I talked about last week, remember, Coach, after week one, I'm like, if they play like this all year long, they're <laughs> yeah. a Super Bowl contender, remember? Yeah. yeah. And, and they really would be. Yep. Well, they didn't play like they did in week one. As a matter of fact, they were lifeless, Coach. Did they make any plays? Did you even hear Henry Melton or Julius Peppers' name called throughout the game? Henry no. Melton, number 69. I don't believe he even entered the stat sheet. Julius Peppers, who played like 45 to 50 snaps, I believe he had one tackle maybe. Okay, and and we, we all know, at least I do, I, I really truly believe that Peppers' impact can't always be yep. seen in the stat sheet because he takes a double team every play. But he did not play well at all. There was a play that a Mobe Okoye, my guy, the guy that I love, yep. coach, he's going to be a superstar. Well, he, he looked like it in game one. Well, game two, he made a tackle uh, on Mark Ingram nine yards down the field. So what are you saying? Oh, totally muscle hustle. What a deep tackle, getting down to a nice little sprint. Well, what happened was the guard that was blocking him got up underneath him, threw him in the air, <laughs> and when he landed on his back, did a reverse somersault. You know uh, what I'm talking about? And he ended up like, Back on his feet, and Mark Ingram ran into him, and he tripped over. <laughs> and and, and, and Joe Bucker was like tackled by a Mobe Okoye, and I'm like, I was like, how? What happened? I rewound it. I was like, wow. In Chicago, wow. you got to have a pass to get a ride like that. You got to have a ticket. Oh, wow, I didn't see that particular no. play, but there was a number of times there. Basically, our defensive line was getting pushed back, and our offensive line was a Freddie back pedal style. Once again, it was like a sieve. It was brutal. As, as a matter of fact, their offensive line is so bad that now in Spain, Matadors, instead of saying Ole, they say Ole! <laughs> Couple of guys on defense. By the way, let's open up the phone lines here. We'll do NFL, round them up and wrap them up coming up a little bit, folks. We'll go over each and every game very quickly. Let the big dog wax poetic on each of the uh, games. So a lot of comebacks yesterday. A lot, of, a lot of teams leading early that lost leads. Pretty exciting finishes. Not a phenomenal day of NFL football, but pretty darn good. We'll do that. Touch on some other non-football related items, but obviously on a Monday after a football weekend. That is first and foremost. Our phone number here, 888-463-6748. If you're as frustrated as the big dog sounds with uh, either your Bears team here in Chicago or wherever you're listening from, your particular team, maybe you're excited. Maybe you're happy about the way your team play. Give us a call, 888-463-6748. The phone number. And uh, I'll tell you, the, the maddest I got in the game. The most mad I got was when there was three minutes left, 3.30 left, and they brought Jay Cutler back out after he'd been hammered and hammered and hammered. And the final time he got sacked, he could barely lift himself off the ground. That was about seven minutes left. They got it back with 3.30, and I thought, all right, let's see what Caleb Haney could do. Honestly, I was shocked to see Cutler back in the game. Yeah, yeah, it's funny you said it because I thought exactly the same thing. And right now... I would like to be the guy who's selling ice to the to the Cutler family. <laughs> if he, he they really needed to put him on the airplane. They needed to find a spot that, a spot for him, like a whole row, 
put a bunch of ice on there and just put him on the ice. Yep. Legitimately, there's, he should not have gone home, uh, you know, two hours of a, of a flight and have to deal with that. I'm not kidding you. Wow. I've said before, I, mean, I don't particularly like the guy, but, uh, boy, toughness-wise, that part you can't question because it is two-plus years as a Chicago Bear. He's been battered, beaten, and he does, you know, he's like the Energizer Bunny. He keeps on, takes a licking, but he does keep on ticking. Uh, yeah. When you play quarterback, you get beat up. I can't even imagine how sore you are after playing in the NFL in a mm-hmm. regular game. But considering that, what was it? How many knockdowns did he have in the game and sacks? He was hit. He, he was hit like eight times. He was knocked down like eleven times. So that's eighteen, and then he was sacked. How many times? Coach? Six. Six sacks. Seven. Six. So, so yeah. he got he got hit about twenty five times by guys that are between two hundred and twenty and three hundred pounds, and they all run so fast it'll make your eyes like your jaw drop when you mm-hmm. watch human beings run. He's got to be really beat up. And right some now. of those body shots, if you want to call them, the first quarter and a half before they got sacks, some of those body shots were pretty hard. Yes, yes. Yeah, but, but, but can you uh, help me out, Big Dog? What possible thinking was going on inside the head of uh, Michael Martz, Lovey Smith, and company when they brought Martz back in? Down seventeen, which our offensive line, huh? Which is three scores. Yeah, so I, I, I want to remind everybody, it's not 16 points, which right. you can legitimately say we could, we still theoretically have a shot in the game. Right. You don't have to with three scores and three minutes to go in the game. And your offensive line was in just full breakdown mold. It was seven minutes left. I thought about Caleb Haney, but I thought, all right, it's still, you know, let's bring Cutler in. I, I can understand the thinking. You don't want to give up. You got a guy like Cutler. Maybe he could make the big comeback. So that I understood at least a little bit, although I questioned it with seven left. I cannot understand the thinking with 330 left. No, there's, there's, it's inexcusable to be quite honest with you because the guy's getting absolutely destroyed. Yeah. And if your goal as the Chicago Bears, their goal is to win the Super Bowl this year, isn't it, Coach? Right? That would That's be it. That's their goal. Yep. Well, sometimes if your goal is to win the Super Bowl and you realize that your protection of your quarterback is completely inadequate, you don't send them back out there when the, the, the chance for a victory is so minuscule, but the chance of him legitimately getting his head stuck in the ground is like a million <laughs> times greater. Yeah. Sometimes you got to balance it out and say, you know what, our goal is to win the Super Bowl, not see if we can make it a game down in yep. New Orleans. Let me put it another way. What if? What if? He would have got hurt. Exactly. And out three, four, five games or the seat. Can you imagine the criticism that Lovey, Martz, and well, primarily Lovey Smith would take? But, I mean, it would be off the charts if he would have got hurt. No, okay, this, this isn't like, I know it's the college level, but this isn't like Andrew Luck of Stanford, you know, in when they're up 35 and no one has hit them all day long. And, right. you know, hey, why are you keeping him in there? He could get hurt. This guy was in the line of – he was on the front line. And I don't want to go to a war, like, comparison. But, I mean, there's a lot of people right now getting shot at for real. But if you think about what he was going through, it, you would not want your son going through that. Honestly, <laughs> Coach. You know, yeah. Seriously, you were like, no, no. You would, you, you, even if you're thinking, you know, he's making $723,000 for this ball game. Well, don't you want to be able to pay him $723,000 next week? So healthy, because don't forget, who are they playing next week, Coach? I think there's a divisional game this week. Hmm. Oh, they have to go north to a town called Green Bay. That's a win for the Bears. Well, don't get your quarterback killed and decapitated before that week. And, and if I seem 
a little bit upset about the Bears. You know, normally I'm the positive guy. I really don't. You, you kind of make fun of me. Yeah, I'm, I, I knew you'd be a little for staunch today. I'm surprised uh, at the amount of venom that you're spewing, but it feels good. It's only because it's Packer Week, Coach, and I really want to reiterate uh, that. You know, okay. and I really think this team is really good. So when they play like garbage, mm-hmm. it bothers me. There have been years when seven and nine was stamped on this team on August fifteenth, and I just decided, you know what? Okay, I'm not going to get all worked up about it. And I never did, but in years where I say, you know. Coach, if Devin Hester returns two kicks in the playoffs, they're in the Super Bowl, okay? I mean, that's it, it, the season could come down to just that play, but it's too bad. That's what it's coming down to. Why can't we have an offense finally step up? Well, they did last week. They did last week. We, we, we talked about don't get all carried away with week one. So, uh, yeah. you know, what? who is it? The team behind curtain number one or the team behind curtain number two? Maybe. Maybe next week will tell us. But, uh, you know, the week one, they looked awfully good. It was all positives this week. It's going to be all negative. You know, Big Dog, our good friend, listener, uh, Wisconsin John, our number one Green Bay Packer fan who listens to the show. He'll be calling in early I, and I often. He's number one all the time, Coach. <laughs> he'll be getting on your case. He's probably listening right now, thoroughly enjoying the pain that you appear to be going through. You know, uh, he does antagonize. Like, I don't yes. care. I, never, I don't rip the Packers to him. I could care less. But for some reason, he's one of those guys. It's probably because he never played football. Is that he, he wants to really get under my skin. And I want to say, I have to admit it does. Because I'm like, I, the way I think of it is, have you ever noticed that I've never even brought the Packers up to you? I know, hopefully one day he'll get that. Uh, Coach, I have to admit, he, there's nobody that gets under my skin more. <laughs> When start when people start ripping the like uh, the bears to me if they're a Packer uh-huh. fan, I mean honestly that it really does that 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 <laughs> it, it it irks me. All right, we got Very a slightly uh, slightly first-stance big dog. Uh, if you want to check in and give him a call, maybe make him a little bit more upset. 888-463-6748. We got the knife in there. You might you might as well a little twist and turn a little bit and dig a little deeper while the wound is still fresh. One more day, you know, it's the twenty-four hour rule, big dog. It's Kirk yeah. Ferentz from Iowa. You know, you, you celebrate great victory for 24 hours. You're frustrated. You get depressed. You're mad about a defeat for 24 hours starting tomorrow, my friend. I mean, get your venom out today because starting tomorrow, we look forward at the week ahead. Now, uh, between, 11 and, three, uh, between 11 and 3 today, I'm going to watch uh, the, the, the NASCAR race in Chicago. Yes. Okay? Can't wait for that. I love it when they're on Mondays. You, I, you know how much I love them on Mondays, Coach. And then right after that, I got to pedal my butt at 3 o'clock. To get to uh, get to work, got to be 24 hours, and I'll no longer be for stunts on the Bears. That's packed a week as soon as that happens. Beautiful. Oh. Big dogs talking about the uh, NASCAR race that was rained out. Chicago Motorland Speedway, uh, bad weather, rained out yesterday. The first of the next, what is it? The next tell. Cup chase. The chase to the cup. Yeah. So it starts at 11 o'clock today, right after our show. Probably a lot of racers listening to our show, Big Dog. And then as soon as our show ends, they get ready for uh, gentlemen and ladies. Start your engines. Yeah, so luckily we we get off air around ten fifty seven. It gives yep. them time to like switch over the all the links because I mean the race starts right at eleven. Come. Yep, eleven o'clock oh. tip off time. Should be very excited. The first of the uh, races. A lot of stuff happened off the football pages. We'll we'll get to after the NFL round them up and wrap them up, Big Doug. So uh, very very interesting. Busy sports weekend indeed. Um, by the way, I beat the schmoes. Beat the schmoes. Producer extraordinaire David Olson three and oh my friend. Now you went. Oh. One and two or two and one? I'm not sure. I, on the... went, I, I went two and one. So Utah? Utah destroyed BYU, Coach. Okay. It was 
30 to like 10. I mean, 40 to 10. Oh, wow. It was, I mean, they thumped them. They got defensive returns for touchdowns, and they ran the ball at will at BYU. So. Excellent. All right. So you are, uh, and you had UCLA. You messed up on that one, but you had Oklahoma over Florida State. They easily covered. Uh-huh. So against the spread, folks, through three weeks, not just one or two, we're starting to see a trend here. This is unbelievable. Seven and one. Both you and producer David Olson seven and one against the spread. Arguably in our ten years, the two of the fastest starts we've ever had, Big Dog. No, I'm I'm seven and two. I'm sorry, seven and two. Both of you are seven and two. Yes. Yes, I'm seven and two. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's a good start. It's a real. I've had. I think I had an eight and one start. I did go on a streak once where I went like fourteen games in a row. Wow. I, I remember that. I remember now, that. that. Was, and it was right when I gave up gambling. Yeah, you gave up gambling, and I think you started doing drugs, if I remember correctly. I, I did? That was about four, <laughs> about four or five years ago, I think so. Because you, you won like 14 in a row, and I remember Mark Pinsky, our station manager at the time, demanded a urine sample. And yeah. if I remember correctly, you gave him one in his office. It wasn't quite the way he wanted the urine sample, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real waste of paper, I tell you that. Yeah, much. be careful what you ask for when you when you ask the big dog because you might get it directly. <laughs> <laughs> Here, you want your damn urine sample? Here you oh, go. Oh man, but uh, D. D. Olson going three, you know, it's you know, it's very very impressive. Again, it's against the, the spread. One that, the only one I actually remember that he took was uh, Pittsburgh over Seattle, which I love. And I, I said at the time, you do not give up that many points in the NFL very often. And I was like, if this and. Every once in a while, you just have to take a knot. I don't know what they're doing in Seattle, but they got rid of Matt Hasselbeck, coach. Matt Hasselbeck, Matt yep. Hasselbeck was phenomenal yesterday in the second game for yep. the Titans, and the Seahawks look abysmal. And you knew the, you knew the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to bounce back after looking horrible to the Ravens. It's Actually, like, I I didn't because I picked Seattle, but in hindsight, you know what I forgot? I forgot the Mike Tomlin factor. He's a heck of a coach. Yeah, he's an he's an excellent coach, and yep. you forgot the Tavares Jackson factor. Well, no, I didn't. That was part of the reason. I say I've always thought Tavares Jackson, uh, he's my guy. I actually picked him to finish in the top five of the MVP vote. I thought he'd be the surprise player this year, Big Dog. Have you ever have you ever seen? Yeah, I'm sure you have, Coach. Like you're driving downtown, you see some idiot that's on their on their <laughs> smartphone, an idiot on a smartphone, and they're walking through the. Sh- uh, you know, on the sidewalk, and then they walk right in the middle of the street, and then they realize that they walk right in the middle of traffic. Oh, yeah, That's I've seen that guy. Jackson looks like in the pocket. <laughs> okay. So, and speaking of the pocket, everyone, oh, you got to keep Michael Vick in the pocket. Keep him in the he'll be healthier. People could need to quit telling Michael Vick how to play quarterback because every time he's in the pocket, he almost gets killed. Okay, and yesterday he got whipped around, and his head was slammed into an uh, one of his uh, his tight ends. It was vicious, coach. She's got a horrible concussion. Yep. It's so funny. You tell him to oh, stay, stay in the pocket. Let Michael Vick play quarterback. When he's flying around outside of the pocket, he's less likely to be hit. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly. There was blood coming out, too, which uh, got people scared. But it turns out, I guess it was from biting the tongue, which isn't any less painful. But obviously, in the long run, it's better than blood coming out from a head concussion. But that was kind of a scary moment. Uh, the only thing that heals faster than your tongue is your eyes. So, yeah, you bite your tongue. Legitimately, he's probably going to be fine by tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. But, ooh, does that hurt at the time, though? Oh, it does. Bite ooh. your tongue. Brutal. Wow. wow. By the what, way, what? Uh, 3-0 and for David Olson, 2-1 and one for you. 
I uh, the good news and the bad news, big dog. The good news is I got off my one and two schneid. I broke well, that streak. You went zero and three. Unfortunately, the bad part is I went zero and three. I am now uh, two and seven on the season. An embarrassing two and seven. What's that? That's not a good start because when you start thinking about the fact that you got to go. If you go three and zero, you'll oh, brother, keep don't, Yeah, don't start, don't start wrapping me in this. So, Judge, what I'm telling you, coaches, you just, you got to, It's a long season. One week at a time, big dog. Yes, it really. Yeah. Don't think you because a three and zero isn't even going to get you back to 500 anyway. So yeah. don't, don't think, think about it too yeah. much. Just, I, I, I have gone from bleeding to full triage, and I understand you don't panic. On the other hand, though, on the other hand, and I had a big year last year. You know, one of my most successful seasons ever, and I'm a little worried that my staff, my crew, the people that helped me make the picks here, you know, got a little soft over the summertime. Got a little bit satisfied. I'm here to tell you, I'm not going to wait the whole season, you know, and just watch this thing play out. If you know, if it doesn't turn around in a couple of weeks, there will be people fired because I'm not the kind to sit around and just be satisfied <laughs> with success from last year. I'm upset, and it better turn around quick. I'm warning people right now. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, just wonder. Last year, did you happen to go over sixty percent last year? I don't know if I was. Actually, I might have this final stats here. I was thirty-four and twenty-one. I'm not good on coach, percentages. Coach, that's well over sixty percent. Well over sixty percent. Yeah, well, I'm, thirty and twenty is sixty percent, and then you would have went four and one, which okay. is eighty percent. So you won at like a sixty-two yeah. percent clip last year. Might have been my best year yet. No, no, that's no, that's by far your best year. Yeah. Anybody goes thirty-four and twenty-one. Yeah. Should have been selling your picks for a hundred dollars a piece. Yeah, but we got okay. soft. The crew, you know, my, my guys didn't work hard enough in the off season. Big W got soft, and now we're, uh, you know, paying the price. What did I do last year? By the way, did you let me know? Is it there the same? Yeah, number? you were. Uh, but I don't trust you. you I think 20, 27 and twenty six. Okay, so that I would have lost. You would have lost money betting with me last year. Why? Because what happens is if you would have bet a hundred dollars a time, yeah. At tw- and won 27 games, you'd have 2,700 in winnings, right? Okay. Well, so if you had 26 losses, that's obviously 2,600 in losses. Well, what happens is on those 26 bets, you would have had to pay a $10 juice fee. So 10 times 26 is 260. Mm-hmm. So if you would have bet money with me last year, you would have lost. So you would uh, add that to the, the losses, so 2,860 to the 2,600. See where I'm at now, Coach? I do. Now you minus the minus what I what I won. That's yep. a hundred and sixty dollar difference. You would have lost off. even though I would have won more games than I lost. You still would have lost money. Mm-hmm. This is where because usually you I I usually do pick over fifty two percent, which is the key. You got to be over fifty two percent. Fifty three percent, you win money. Otherwise, yeah. you lose money. Ever since you've been betting for fun and not for actual money, at one point I don't know if you wanted to make a career out of it, but it was one of your. Potential primary sources of income. There was a lot more pressure on the picks. Ever since you dropped that and just started betting for the pure fun of it, you've done very, very well. And I did have a sixty percent year. I, I yep. know I had a couple sixty percent years. There was one that one year when I went on like the fourteen game run. Yep. Coach, legitimately, we had <laughs> callers calling in the old show, and they were like, what, "What? Do you have any other games? I've been doing all your games the last couple <laughs> weeks." I'm not kidding you. Then yeah. I was like, "Please don't tell me that." I go, "I don't want to know. I don't want to know." <laughs> and- <laughs> and the funniest part is you you make these picks off the cuff, and I, I forget the names. I know the, the Duke Joe Crispino was one of them. We had some dude out in California. We had a couple of NFL experts 
that, you know, this was their job, this was their career to make football picks, and they joined us on the show at various times, and they made their picks, and they were, like, hitting it 40%. Meanwhile, you off the cup, the amateur, were just absolutely destroying them. But at that time, though, I was watching the games, and that might sound silly, people, but I, I, I know people are like, oh, yeah, Oklahoma this week is going to destroy. Have you watched Oklahoma play this year? Well, I saw some highlights. You know what I'm saying? How do you know, like, when... When you, you really do have to watch the games because yeah. you'll notice, like, uh, the Bears, like, if you look at a score, you, sometimes that does not tell you anything that happened in that ballgame. It really doesn't. Sometimes a final score could thoroughly lie. Uh, I don't think the Bears lost as bad as 30 to 13 mm-hmm. to the Saints yesterday, coach. That was another frustrating thing is it looks like they got killed, yet there were just a couple plays away from, Winning the game. I mean, it was seven. It was sixteen ten. They have the ball, and then just decide to go three and out, go in a shell, and give it right back to the Saints. And yeah, I'm, you know. I'm not sure I can reach with you on that particular comment. You're right. There were moments in time, seven nothing lead early, when we came back and made it sixteen and thirteen. But uh, take away those few brief moments in time, for it was pretty clear mm-hmm. that on this particular Sunday, both offensively, defensively, the New Orleans Saints were a much better team. Okay, I'll give you that. All right, I'll give you that. Yeah. By the way, I, speaking of special teams, by the way, one guy that his name won't be brought up, but who was phenomenal again is Robbie Gold. You see Robbie, his two field goal kicks? Uh, they're right down the middle. Coach. Oh my goodness! And when one was uh forty three, forty four yards. I mean, he not only down the middle, big dog just drilled it. He could have kicked it fifty eight, sixty yards. Yeah, just coach, crushed him. Yeah, he. Is underappreciated. How this yep. is the best kicker, better than Kevin Butler. And you know, you know what the funny thing is is he was with the Patriots. Uh, Belichick loved him, but they had been a Terry at the time. They lose him, and he was a project coming here. Do you remember when he came to the Bears? Complete project. Yeah. But the, like the guy has a cannon for a leg, and he's got a work ethic. Mm-hmm. Now he's he went from like a a guy that back then, even though he had a rocket for a leg, he couldn't kick the long ball whatsoever. But he was always money around thirty five. And it seems like every year it backs up a couple yards. And I think yeah, you can throw him out there at 50 yards right now at any time, and he, he'll nail it He for just you. crushed a couple of them. I thought Lance Briggs uh, played pretty well, and I thought number 26, Timmy Jennings, covered pretty well, and he tackled real well. Those were my plus points. Matt Forte, very, very good. Tim Jennings, Lance Briggs, and kicker Robbie Gold. Those are the four top players. I will I, I'll agree that they all played uh, excellent ball games. Tim Jennings, you know what happens is if you're the outside force guy in in a defense, you're the one that has to create leverage if your outside linebacker loses it. And I know that might not that's not fun for any corner at all. They don't like to do it, but if you can do it, you're a superstar. You get paid like Namdi Asamoah. You get paid twenty million a year. So Tim Jennings had a really good ball game yesterday. He is he is undersized, but boy, he is one tough son of a gun, a solid tackler, and uh, he's the least of our problems right now. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Big dog and a coach at your service right up until eleven o'clock. Two guys at a mic show will come at you every day, Monday through Friday, five days a week, one hour a day, five in Toto. Big dog, are you ready for the uh, quick NFL round them up and wrap them up? Oh please, coach, uh, lay, put them up, coach. Please. <laughs> Please. Well, we got to talk about uh, the boxing match over the weekend too. So we, oh, got, do we have to. We got to get us some titillating tidbits, news, okay. and notes as well. Emmy awards in college football might might have to wait till tomorrow. David Olson, I know, has got some thoughts on the Emmy awards. But real quick, NFL round them up, wrap them up. Game one, right out of the uh, NFC North division. Big deal. The Green Bay Packers knock off Carolina. They were down 
13-0 early, but they came back and went to Charles Woodson, a couple of interceptions. You already mentioned Cam Newton was pretty good again with 432 total. Yeah, yeah. Chris Berman brought it up. How often, I wonder if it's ever happened before, I don't think it has, that a Heisman Trophy winner has been intercepted by a Heisman Trophy winner. <laughs> well, there hasn't been that many defensive backs, so that's why it's so rare. But so, uh, Well, I'm sure Charles Woodson has had an intercepted a, a Heisman Trophy winner already mm-hmm. in his career. He probably, that's probably the only time it's ever happened, but it's still pretty cool. I like cool the, uh, the oddity we had in our high school game I was doing for uh, Comcast over the weekend where the might have been the first time I've seen this. The team's punter was also their punt returner. I thought that was kind of cool. Well, that is pretty cool. Yeah. It's also very risky, isn't it? Not really. I mean, you know, it's high school football. Guys play a lot of positions, but uh, you don't see that very often. The punter was also the punt returner. Very cool. Yeah, that, yeah that, you don't see that hardly ever. I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, but uh, but Carolina putting up some good fight, big dog. Uh, the Packers win it. Their offense is tremendous, but Carolina 0-2, but Ronnie Rivera's got them fighting. Okay, so... They get the number one overall draft pick, and all of a sudden their offense is uh, shows that they have uh, some ability to it. You know that's one thing. But this team was a horrible two and fourteen last year. Their defense is playing a heck of a lot better than it did last year. So you know the, the Carolina Panthers were the most. I know they're zero and two, but if you talk about how bad they were, coach, they were a horrible two and fourteen. I mean, like they were one of those teams that get the number one overall draft pick, and you're like, they need a lot more than this. Well. They've had one heck of an improvement from one year to the next, and they're going to win out of the next 14 games, Coach. Out of the next 14, they'll win at least six. And you're talking, that's a pretty big improvement, mm-hmm. 14. All right, got the Bears in a couple of weeks as well. All right, game two also out of the NFC North. Everybody thought the Detroit Lions had potential this year. People have thought that for a couple of years. If Matt Stafford can stay healthy, well, that potential has been realized through two games with an exclamation mark. Matt Stafford is healthy, big dog, and he's throwing touchdowns like they're coming out of his rear end. On the other end, Kansas City just brutal. 48-3, to six turnovers, and they lose Jamal Charles for the season. Have a nice day, Kansas City. Oh, uh, Kansas City's, uh their season is officially over. <laughs> After two weeks. It, it, it's done. They've, they're already playing taps. I mean, what are they, is Thomas Jones? Their guy now is that what's going to happen? They're is trying it? to trade for Cedric Benson to join Thomas Jones. I think. Is it, are they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I like Thomas Jones, coach, but he, he's so old he farts dust. So it's, <laughs> there's there's no reason for him to be a number one back right now in the NFL. So that's uh, the, the Chiefs' right. season. Well, is, let's is not rub it into Kansas City. Throw throw no. some back. Uh, we've got some Detroit listeners out there, big dog, who suffered for many years. Give them some kudos. You know what? For years, I've been singing the song instead of uh, Run Around Sue. I sing it in Dominican Sue, Run Away from a Dominican Sue, whenever I'm watching Detroit Lions football coach. Yes. But now the, the Johnny Cash song of uh, A Boy Named Sue, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. That's Johnny Cash. So that's what I've been singing now whenever we have, you know, like 15 people over at, at the house and uh, Detroit Lions football uh-huh. comes on the tube. Yeah, well, you, so, you better come up with the ballad of Matt Stafford as well because he's playing pretty well. Which we, honestly, somebody brought up yesterday. They're like, Joel, when was the last time you left the Detroit Lions game on the television when they weren't getting destroyed? And I'm like, yeah, this early in the season, that's a really good point. Like, it's like we're, we're actually considering the Lions watchable football yep. for a moment. You know, that's, that doesn't happen very much, Coach. Yep, 48-3. to They are on the rise. 2-0, oh, don't want to get overly final? excited, but the look like a team. 48-3? That was the final. Oh, my goodness. Yep. yep. All right, real quick, NFC North Game 3, NFL round 
the Muppet Rap Muppet Regular segment here on the Two Guys at a Mike Show. Comeback time for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Minnesota. Surprising everybody, leading most of the game. They were a big early. But Tampa Bay finds a way to come back. Big dog like Eric Blount. Blount. From four yards out with under a minute left, and the Buccaneers find a way to win. Tough loss for the Vikings. Uh, Buccaneers, uh, blunt hurdling people. He's gonna eventually lose a testy doing that. That's not a good idea. And, uh. Yeah, you got uh, two. You can lose one. That's that, a good point. Now, with the Vikings, I know you got Adrian Peterson. You got Purple Jesus. But if all you do is hand <laughs> the ball to him when you have a lead, yep. you know what ends up happening in the NFL? You lose. Even if you have a great, great running back. Coach, they got so, they got ultra conservative. They didn't throw the ball at all when they got the lead, and guess what happened? The Buccaneers came right back into the game and won. Yeah. You need to put teams away in the NFL, not try to be all timid and hope you don't. Hey, let's yeah. hope we don't lose. You know that's not going to work. And I, I didn't see the game, but I heard Tampa Bay was just dreadful in the first half. Oh, they were. They were horrible. Uh, Legarrette Blunt would legitimately get by hit by like, both Williams brothers in the backfield as he was taking the handoff. Coach, it was not pretty at all. And uh, the the Vikings couldn't play four quarters. That's a, I mean, they only had to play one more, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But they only played two. If they would have played three, they probably would have snuck out with a victory. All right. Comeback victories uh, all over the board. And uh, we saw another one out in the AFC. Buffalo taking on Oakland. Pretty good game here. Oakland leading most of the game, but it went back and forth. Buffalo, big comeback late. Got a six-yard touchdown pass with 14 seconds left to win the game. I think Buffalo... Uh, down 21-3 at the half, Big Dog. I think they had the ball five times in the second half, and they scored all five times. So comebacks were kind of the theme of the day in the NFL. Yeah, and the, the adjustments that teams make at halftime are crucial. I mean, obviously, you know, that's the one time you can get your whole team together and redo your game plan. And, and as smart teams like, like the Patriots, they game plan that they're going to switch their game plan at halftime. You know what I mean? They were like, hey, we're gonna, we might have a different focus going into the second half. So they prepare for it like that. Obviously, uh, that's what they're doing in Buffalo. Their second half so far this year have been ridiculous, Coach. Uh, they're getting it done. And that's one of the, this game, maybe 10 weeks down in the football season, we're going to look back and be like, the Bills coming back, and that might get them a home field game in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You're looking well, for your surprise team in the NFL right now. It is the... Uh... Buffalo Bills, you mentioned halftime adjustments. You brought up bad visions of the Dick Duran era in the Chicago Ooh. Bears. Remember the halftime adjustments we made under Coach Duran? So what were the halftime adjustments? Oh, we, we decided to stick to the game plan. Uh, we had a solid game plan going in. <laughs> what do you, you had 85 yards at the half. <laughs> stick to the game plan. <laughs> or it worked the other way. We were, you know, we would be doing good. Yeah. Having a good first half, we'd come back. The other team would adjust. We would just go into quicksand and we, it was almost consistently, whatever happened at halftime, we'd be much worse in the second half. Yeah, that's, that's the thing in the NFL. You legitimately have to have your first half game plan, and then as a coaching <laughs> staff, you have to have like 10 other game plans yep. like ready to go for the second half. The only quality adjustment made at halftime under the Dick Duran era, I think, was in stall number three, back in the back washroom of the Bears locker room. Thank you very much. Is that poor kicker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's move on quickly. Thank you very much. Atlanta 35, Philadelphia 31. Another comeback victory here. Philadelphia controlled it much of the game. Big Dog already mentioned Mike Vick got injured mid-third quarter. Atlanta comes back and wins it. Matt Ryan under a couple hundred yards, Big Dog, but he did throw for four touchdown passes. The Falcons come back after a brutal week one. Yeah, talk about like all the focus on these two quarterbacks this week and 
both of them played a poor game. I don't care what the stats were. Falls on the ground, bad throws for interceptions, the the touchdown throws that they did have had a lot more to do with the people around them than than the stuff they did. So I'm not knocking these guys because these are two quality quarterbacks that I would have no problem quarterbacking quarterbacking my team. But it's just funny how when the focus should be Atlanta and Philadelphia and how big this game was, it, it was all quarterback all week long, and then you got two dud of the games. But you, you saw how explosive their talent is for both of these guys on a few mm-hmm. different occasions. So it wasn't it was like it wasn't like they played horrible, but it didn't live up to the billing that it was supposed to that it was getting early in the week. All right, moving right along in the NFL, round them up and wrap them up. Tennessee and Baltimore upset of the day. The Tennessee Titans, not many people had it, destroyed a lot of confidence pools. Big dog Tennessee twenty six, Baltimore thirteen. The Titans not only win but uh, fairly handily. Coach, I got two games wrong this week. And uh, one was uh, I had the Chicago Bears, and the other one was I had the Baltimore Ravens. I had mm-hmm. every the game right this week, so uh, it was you're right. It destroyed my confidence. Well, I only had one on the Bears. Yeah. And, and by the way, you already alluded to it, but the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans, uh, you know, a guy who just uh, I don't, yeah, he gets better with age. I think you could say that. Matt Hasselbeck, his career is not over yet. Three hundred and fifty-eight yards. The Bears have seen it up close and personal the last couple of years. Matt Hasselbeck can still play. And what I'm what I'm begging the the Bears to do is, you know, the the Titans have this play where they know the Ravens are going to get there. Alote Nata is going to say hello, and that's not good when a 380 angry Samoan says hello to you and you're a quarterback. Okay, <laughs> so uh, coach, watch the highlights uh, of this game. Matt Hasselbeck takes a three step drop, plants his right foot. If Kenny Britt has one on one coverage. He throws a, a ball to the sidelines about 20 yards down the field. Kenny Britt jumps over a five-foot-eight corner who's got good hips but no jump, catches the ball and he falls out of bounds, or the little tiny dude falls off of him and he runs 80 yards for a touchdown. So that's what the Bears need to do a little bit more of. That's what football is coming to, that you've got to start isolating guys, getting them out in space, and, and, and getting completions of 20 yards down the field. That's exactly what the Bears need. Mm-hmm. That's what the Titans are doing with Matt House. Could not agree with you more, and Kenny Britt is becoming more and more of a factor. Where did he play his college football? Because he's he a heck of a receiver. He was at, remember when uh, when uh, Greg Schiano was getting offers because they thought he was the greatest coach in the world? Well, oh. he had he had <laughs> Kenny Britt and Ray Rice uh, ah. on his team at that time. And he had that really solid quarterback and Brian Leonard, yep. a white running back that's on the Bengals. That's really, really yeah. good. So, uh, yeah, what's his, Le- Greg Schiano uh, was a great coach, by the way. Wait, was Leonard, Leonard was the running back or the quarterback? Uh, Leonard? Leonard, was, Leonard and Rice were the yes. was, uh, running back. That's right, and they yep. were they were the best running back tandem in yep. college football, I yep. thought, that year. Suddenly the, <laughs> suddenly the coach is not quite as uh, smart without those four guys, huh? No, no, not at all, Coach. All right, NFL round him up, wrap him up, continues. Good game, Washington, the Redskins taking on the Cardinal. Back and forth went this game. Field goal with a minute and 30 left. The Redskins pull out a victory. 2-0, and oh, Daniel Snyder uh, starting to celebrate, and Rex Grossman, not great, but good enough to go 2-0. and oh. Big Doug, good game here. You know, and some weird. I'm, I'm happy for Rex Grossman, coach, because I think he's a he's a good guy, and I'm also happy that he's not playing like hair on fire great while they're winning, because that would he does not need any expectations. Yeah. Well, if plus he's got a he's got a wonderful head of hair. You'd hate to see it be on fire. That's that's a good point, coach. Thank you. But you, I just don't want people in Washington to start thinking he's the next coming of, mm-hmm. of Joe Montana, because. Then he'll never, yeah. he'll never. I don't know what you know what I mean when he yeah, but you're, expectations. You're, you're talking Redskin fans, big dog. Uh, you know they're 
pretty smart fans. I think they got I think they got Rex figured out. Okay. So yeah, they're not expecting forty touchdown passes and fourteen and two this year. Again, Washington Redskins fans. I, I think they're I'm not saying they're the most sophisticated, but they're uh, upper scale when it comes to NFL now. Pretty hardcore football fans there, huh? Yeah, they are. They're not Philadelphia. <laughs> they're a little yeah, they're a little bit more respectful to their players than like Philly or New York. Yeah. Or All Miami. Right. My goodness, Miami. My enemy or Miami? Oh, both. Remember Eric Bieniemy? Oh, how could I forget Eric Bieniemy? One of the <laughs> one of the great uh, college running backs of all time on that Colorado Buffalo. Uh-huh. I think he's coaching somewhere. Yeah, he's. I know he was the running back coach for the Colorado Buffaloes like two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always love that name, Eric Bieniemy. All right, real quick, two more games. We're not going to get to all of them. Let's see if we can pick out a couple of more. New England and San Diego, pretty good game here. Two powerhouse ball clubs, New England. Uh, Wins the game 35-21. Tom Brady over 400 again. Big dog through three touchdown passes. And the Patriots, uh, you know, they, they make winning look easy, but they get it done again against a really good San Diego team. And I do not understand this diving at the legs penalty that they're supposed to be calling in the NFL this year because there was, there was a play yesterday that they should have called there twice in the Bears game. Once on Breeze, once on Cutler where it should have been called where people are diving at somebody's legs. Well, uh, a San Diego Charger dives at uh, Brady's legs, Coach. Well, luckily, his knee came out, but it bent him back. I thought his season was going to be done for a split second. I was not aware. This is a new rule now that you are not allowed to... You are not allowed to hit a quarterback below the waist, and I think it's one of the greatest rules put in, uh, put in football. If you are in the pocket, okay, you have to hit a guy that is acting as a passer. Okay. To not hit him below the leg. Right. I, I like love that. Because I, I, I'm all about football above the waist anyways because, one, I don't like people getting hurt, and, two, more importantly, you should be able to knock that person down and then go find another person because if you're tackling at their legs, that means you're mm-hmm. off your feet anyways, and now you're eliminated from yeah. the play. So if they're out on a scramble or something like that, that's different back in the pocket, uh, You know, that makes total sense to me. In fact, it makes so much sense. My, my comment to that would be what took so long to put that rule in. I, I couldn't agree more. And it's this year. And they're supposed to be enforcing it. And it's funny. It's like the ones that are enforced that I've seen so far, I'm like, really? The player really had no – like he got blocked and pushed, which is still supposedly a penalty. And then I've seen other times where the Brady, the guy got just totally drilled in the leg. Belichick freaked out. Freaked out. And then 30 seconds later, put the headset back on, and he was calling the next play. Like nothing happened. Just the way you're supposed to be as a coach. It's over with. Let's move on. So there were two. Uh, I thought bad calls in the Bears game. One for us, one against us. The uh, the Earl Bennett when he took the hit. You talk about Jake Cutler being sore this morning. Big dog. Earl Bennett took only one hit, but that one hit full speed, and the guy led with his helmet mm-hmm. right smack into the chest bone of Earl Bennett. That I don't want to think about Eb getting out of bed this morning because that that was a hard hit. Helmet first. You're exactly right. Now should have been a penalty. We we have disagreed a lot, but I, about what I consider a penalty, you consider a penalty. But a lot of it is interpretation, and that's what I think some of our arguments have come into. But I want to think of it this way. Now the guy, it was Roman Harper who hit uh, who hit Earl Bennett. Ex Chicago Bear fullback Roland Harper. Roman Harper. Uh, uh, no no relation, sir. Darn. Now just say Roman Harper's head was totally up, coach. But looking up. And there was such a bam-bam play that his trace mask hit Earl Bennett's 
uh, helmet, and you could consider it a helmet to have a contact, but there no. would have been nothing he could do about it, in, in, in a sense. Right. But his head was up. But my point is, he dropped his head. That's the whole point. He's been looking, and I don't care yep. where you hit anybody. If you drop your head, even if it is a bang bang play, yep. where where I'm like coach, you had no option. Then it is a penalty, as far as I'm concerned. If okay. your head is up, and you can see eyeballs, if you accidentally hit helmet to helmet mm-hmm. because it's a bang bang play, I am never going to say, "Oh, you're a cheap shot artist." Blah, even if it is helmet to helmet, yep. as soon as you drop your head, even if it is helmet to helmet, he put him right. Oh, my goodness. That's one of the worst hits I've ever seen yep. Yep. for damage and yep. how bad it had to hurt. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. As drastic as the hit was and how angry I was about it, the only difference would have been if he would have lifted his head up, uh-huh. and the hit is fine. Yes. The hit yes. is fine. Now, on the other uh-huh. hand, terrible call that went the Bears' way, and really the only good touchdown drive we had of the game was the first drive, and uh, we wouldn't have scored if it wasn't for this call. They had a, a sack, I forget the dude's name, on Jay Cutler. Just a beautiful rush, helmet up, chest to chest, flatten uh-huh. Cutler. In my opinion, if I was a defensive coordinator watching it, watching it on tape, I'd say that's absolutely the way we want to teach it. Clean, but hard. You destroyed the guy, but you kept helmet up and everything, and they called a penalty. I thought that was a brutal call against the Saints. It, it was a horrible call. It was a ho- that was I, I just I just shook my head. I'm like, they just gave the Bears four points because Robbie Gold was going to make the field goal. Okay, let's let's not like act like he wouldn't have done that. So that was four points just handed to the Chicago Bears on that play. It was yeah. the only touchdown of the game, folks. By yeah. the way, so, yes. And and I'm not going to say that the referees. Gave the, the that's the reason why the Bears lost. Not at all. The Bears got their butt kicked. Yeah, that was, but some, basically, those were the only two bad. That was a well officiated game. Just oh, those. No, there was there was a couple other things that the, the Drew Brees got his legs totally taken out by a player. That was horrible. That they should have they should have called a penalty on. And the Mike Ferreira admitted it immediately on Fox Sports that they needed to review the play where yes. Darren Sproles stepped out on the yeah. one yard line. And I'm I'm not saying the Bears would have won the game. But I'm telling you, I would love my the Bears' chances, who are one of the best goal line defenses in football with Tawina and, and Adams, against the Saints, who we all know have one of the worst goal line offenses in, in all of football. This, there's a reason Drew Brees throws 10-yard touchdown passes consistently. Mm-hmm. Well, now they have Mark Ingram, maybe things are different. But, but. but um, correct me if I'm wrong now, according to the new rules, you can't, Blame the Bears on that, right? All no, scoring all. plays are reviewed upstairs. Yeah, all scoring plays are reviewed upstairs. So, so the guy upstairs, um, he's the one who blew it. Yeah, and and let's and by the way, it does look like he stepped out. Yes. Okay, but it's, uh, it should have been reviewed. Let's just say it should have been reviewed, and I really do think they would overturn it. I but they didn't even review it, mm-hmm. and it's the NFL's fault. Yep. Not the Bears. Hard to complain about that after losing thirty to thirteen, but yeah. I do agree with you. They missed on that. Uh, all right, final game real quick. Dallas knocked off Frisco. I didn't see much of this game. Big Doug Herta was a wild one. Cowboys win at 27-24. Jimmy Harbo, his first loss as an NFL head coach, Miles Austin, had a huge game. Nine catches, 143 yards. Game ended in OT. Did you happen to watch the end, dog? Because I did not. Coach, this is, without a doubt, my favorite game of the weekend. I'm not a Tony Romo fan, but that guy gets bashed way too much. Well, he went back into yesterday's game with at least one cracked rib, and they're going to reexamine. I think it might be two. And this might sound weird, but I'd rather have cracked ribs than torn cartilage in a rib case. But he has cracked ribs. He goes back into the game, throws a, uh, a bunch of passes, and a bunch of them were to this kid, Jesse Holly. Have you heard of him, Coach? No. Nope. Okay, Michael Irvin. 
Although well, I think he did, I might have saw him open up for uh, Springsteen at the United Center about ten years ago. That was that was Rick Springfield doing Jesse's Girl. Coach. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, Jesse Holly was the guy that was on Michael Irvin's reality show about trying to make an NFL team, and he basically said, "Hey, give me." I want uh, anybody between this height, this range, that has played football that could run this speed. And you were going to see if I can find a, a, make an NFL player out of one of you. Well, they had this show. This Jesse Holly kid was the one guy Michael Irvin was like, you know what, you need to try out for the Cowboys. The Cowboys gave him a roster spot coach. Okay, he is their 53rd man. He played yesterday, had massive catches on first down in his first ever action in the NFL. Wow. And then um, – uh, basically, he was the guy in overtime that they hit down the steam route, and he went 70 yards to the one. And, you know, my buddy Cloudy was cracking me up. He was like, man, they should have caught him. And I was like, dude, if he could run that fast in the first place, he never would have leaked through the cracks of the NFL. They would have they would have found that guy if he actually could run. Wow, that's so an was, unbelievable story. I, I, not only was I not aware of that story, I was not even aware Michael Irvin had that show. Uh, Coach, without a doubt, that's to me the best story of the weekend is a guy by the name of Jesse Holly, okay. the Dallas Cowboys. I have a new favorite football player uh, out there that because the Bears don't count for me. They're the 50, my favorite 53 players in the league are the Chicago Bears. So then mm-hmm. after that, I, I pick a couple. And Jesse Holly right now is my five question. My favorite Cowboy <laughs> of all time. There's even not even a doubt that he's my favorite Cowboy of all time. So they got to the one yard line and did not go for it. Kick the field goal. Kick the field goal. Now, I thought the new overtime rules is the other team can respond. Not if they didn't have the ball first. You can't receive the kick and go right down and kick a field goal. And that's only in the playoffs, oh. isn't it, Coach? I don't know. Who had the ball first in overtime? I don't know, but I do know that if you don't have the ball first, you do, you can kick a field goal. Okay, so this was not the first drive. That must not have been. Okay, coach. now but I feel had, better. But uh, the, because it must not have been. And if there, And if it was, 49ers got the ball after that, but I did not watch the game. I just know the story okay. of uh, okay. of Jesse Holly, which all of us were rooting for, and we had no idea he was going to play. We were like, hey, maybe he'll get a special teams tackle this year, force a fumble, maybe he'll get one <laughs> big catch. We, we didn't know the guy was going to be the freaking star of their overtime <laughs> win against the 49ers. That's an awesome story. I fully expect to hear more about uh, Jesse Holly over the course of the week. That's a great story. The, the, the more average fan like myself, uh, not even aware of that, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Whenever you hear stories of guys like were had a beer truck route, mm-hmm. but they stayed in shape, and all of a sudden yeah. the Saints get a bunch of injuries, and they become the return guy, and then their first game have two kickoff returns for a touchdown like Michael Lewis did. Remember that kid? Yep. One of the greatest stories ever in the history of football. How about Kurt Warner bagging groceries? Absolutely. Coach, I should have stuck with it. I was 240 pounds and was running like the wind a few years ago. I could have been like a blocking back. Here's Joe Wardwanski. He's yeah. the hammer. You should have been bagging groceries. Yeah, I should have bagged groceries. Yeah. I was selling shoes trying to get a television That's show. That's not a bad yeah. gig either, though. You could have been discovered selling shoes. Well, I, I think I was. I, yeah. Spielberg found me. With your hands and their feet, that was a winning combination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was until, until Lucy Lou came in. All right, 30 seconds left, Big Dog. We can't get to all the titillating tidbits and news and notes over the weekend, but we did uh, allude to it. Floyd Merriweather did defeat Victor Ortiz in a big, uh, what was it, middleweight, light middleweight, featherweight, whatever the heck it was. Uh, He's welterweight, isn't he? Welterweight championship, but there was controversy. I haven't seen the replay, but apparently uh, somewhat of a cheap shot by Merriweather. Yeah, Merriweather's a punk. He's a punk. And all all i got to say is this. He can't his butt, the whole entire fight, and now 
Victor Ortiz is going to act like, yes, you know what, I wouldn't have hit you. Anybody with some class wouldn't have hit you. But you dropped your arms in a fight and you just stood there. Now when you get knocked the blank out, now you're going to be like, oh, I want a rematch because it was a cheap shot. He hammered you for five rounds. Up wait, to wait, who hammered who? Floyd Merriweather destroyed him okay. for five rounds. Okay. Four then, rounds. And then he decides to headbutt Floyd Mayweather. Okay. And when they broke him apart, he comes back, hugs Floyd Mayweather, and kisses him. Okay. I was like, oh, really? Come on. Just get, just get on with it. Okay. And when they break him apart, the guy says, fight. Well, he still had his hands down. And Floyd Mayweather just comes and just two punches, a left and a right. Boom. It's gone. He's, he was unconscious as he hits the floor. Down okay, goes now, Ortiz. And, uh, and I have to admit, it was a punk move by yeah. Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. But he had just been headbutted. His lip was totally busted up. Mm-hmm. He bit his tongue, too, off of... Uh, I don't know how you bit your tongue through a mouthpiece. Other than these right. injuries this weekend, people biting their tongues. Don't you have a mouthpiece in to avoid this? Okay, which I found. Michael Vick right. and Floyd Mayweather this weekend biting their tongue. Oh. And, <laughs> so, and, and, and then he, you know, he knocked him out. So I... I I've always thought Floyd Mayweather is a punk, and that that just goes to it. He is a punk. His and next fight will be against uh, boxing. Have fun saving boxing with that idiot. I believe he'll be fighting Kurt Busch in the next match. So, and two people that uh, Joe will just love to root for. All right, Pedro, we got to get out of here. We didn't do college football tomorrow. We'll touch on that for sure. Residue Tuesday. Great job as always. Twenty-four hour rule, Pedro. We talk tomorrow. You're over the Bears' loss. We start figuring out how to beat the Packers. Okay. That's exactly what I'm going to do right now as I watch <laughs> the Chicago and Speedway race, Coach. God. Bless you. Two guys at a mic, talkzone.com. Have a great day. See you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.